So this is a bit of a strange episode, uh, Sean here, and uh, Matt is MIA, uh, everyone else is MIA, and uh, I've decided to hijack the podcast feed, which is, uh... hmm. it's interesting. Um, so yeah, so I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. I don't really have a show to watch. I don't even really know how to do that, like share screen shit. So, uh, yeah. Anyways. Um, and thinking about what I wanted to talk about all by myself. Uh, I've been thinking a lot recently about a show that meant something to me when I was a kid and still means a lot. And... If any of you actually end up listening to this, um, you'll know that one of the episodes I picked, uh, one of the shows that I picked a while back was Batman the Animated Series. And, ooh, um, that show was something that I raced home from school every day to make sure I caught it. Uh, would beg my mom to speed through traffic. We were running late. And uh, a week or so ago, uh, Kevin Conroy, who I would argue is Batman, uh, was Batman, uh, died uh, prematurely, although had lived a longer life than a lot of people in his late 60s. And that was hard. It was surreal, you know, as somebody who's experienced a lot of death in my life, not to get super real and dark, um, and a lot of loss and a lot of grief, that was a hard one. Um, but separate from that, you know, those things happen, people die, um, got me thinking about Batman again and I watched some episodes with my son Uh, we had done that before it wasn't like something he had never seen but uh, it felt a little bit different and uh, about I guess two three days ago now somebody else like that in my in my life died um I say in my life, uh, this is somebody who I've spent more hours with than a considerable chunk of my friends, and that's uh, that's something to be said. And that was uh, Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver on Power Rangers, um, Green Ranger, White Ranger, Zeo Red, Turbo Red, whatever that black Brachiosaurus thing was when he came back when he was older. Um, Tommy was always my favorite and the thing about Jason David Frank was unlike Kevin Conroy he was significantly younger and um, from what I understand took his own life uh, which is really sad and upsetting Um, and part of it for me is, is more so than just my childhood it's um, I got to meet him 
he lived here in Houston or outside Houston. Um, he actually ran a, um, a dojo, uh, not too far from here. And I, I always used to joke that I was going to go take classes there so I could take classes from the green ranger. Um, anyways, you know, life kind of moves on and, you know, I moved here almost 10 years ago and about seven years ago, exactly. I, uh, I had been in Kentucky as one of my good friends from law school, uh, at his bachelor party on the bourbon trail. And I was coming back. I'd flown from Houston to Louisville and, um, it was like a beautiful Sunday afternoon, early morning, you know, not a cloud in the sky, cool and crisp, you know, slight breeze, a perfect day. And, uh, I get on my plane and it was one of those little express jets. It's, you know, no first class, no business class. It's literally, when you go on the plane to your right is a, a row or just a straight back all the way, just one seat. You know, the window seat is the aisle seat. And then on the next side, on the left side, it's uh, two seats. So window and aisle. And I was uh, in an aisle seat on the two seat side, uh, pretty close to the front of the plane. And I'm sitting there. I don't know if I had my headphones on, if I was listening to music or whatever. And, uh, you know, this, this guy wearing like, uh, all white came on, ironically, all white, um, came on the plane and he kind of, you know, he had big chunky headphones on, he's kind of get a hat, I believe pulled down and, you know, you couldn't really see him. I could see that he was wearing like a bandana under the hat. You know, I could see that he had a bunch of tattoos. And, um, you know, sometimes you see people and you think, oh, like, that looks vaguely familiar, you know, but, you know, at the time I couldn't think of who, who is this guy? Like, why am I recognizing this guy? You know, it was just like kind of a feeling and, you know, I, I don't know how long it took, but by the time the plane was getting ready for takeoff and everybody sat down. And no one was moving around. Um, I, I noticed that it was Jason David Frank. It was Tommy. And, um, you know, it clicked. It was like, oh, shit, you know, he lives in Houston. I live in Houston. Why would he be in Louisville, Kentucky? Like, that's random. And I'm like, you know, looking up on my phone and came to find out that there had been a, a, a convention. And um, I've never really gone to cons, but, you know, I did know that he and a few of the other um, original or at least, you know, kind of second or third cast of the Power Rangers had been on the con circuit, you know, a lot. And I was like, wow, like, that's absolutely him. And then I'm like looking through and looking through, I'm like, yeah, that, you know, I saw pictures of him in Louisville at this Comic Con. And uh, I was like, holy shit, you know. I, uh, in life, have not met a, a ton of famous people, really been around that many, 
um, once I was running in Santa Monica and I, I almost uh, ran over Tara Reed of American Pie fame. Uh, same summer, I bumped into BJ Novak. <laughs> um, he was very, very sunburned. Uh, I had a brief chat with Jason Mraz once. He was a, a low talker and I couldn't understand anything that he was saying other than he had just ridden his Vespa up from San Diego to LA. Um, he had a, apparently had an avocado farm outside San Diego. <laughs> um, you know, there might be some other people, but, you know, they didn't really mean anything to me. I mean, BJ Novak's funny and, you know, I've watched the American Pie movies more times than I would actually admit under oath. Um, don't really like Jason Mraz, to be honest. You know, I had never run into a person that I actually cared about, that actually meant some something to me. And um, so I was, I was nervous. I was excited, but I'm also not someone who really wants to invade on other people. You know, I, I guess one of the other people I ran into once was Stephen Colbert, and it was back when he was still on the Colbert Report. But it was huge. You know, it was like uh, I think it was the spring of 2008, and I was also at an airport, and I happened to see him. He was actually sitting on the floor with the cap pulled down low over his head, trying to remain incognito, pressed up against the wall by the gate, uh, working on his computer. And I noticed who it was, and I was just standing there, and I wasn't going to bother him. He clearly looked like he didn't want to be bothered. And uh, I know this is a bit of a tangent, but you know, I think it frames my reference a bit. Um, so this other guy, a very dad-looking guy, a little overweight, you know, cargo shorts, probably when it was too cold to even wear cargo shorts, uh, especially in North Jersey. Uh, weird button-down shirt open with a t-shirt underneath it, rolled up sleeves kind of shit. Everybody knows that guy. I mean, that guy's a dime a dozen. Um, sorry, that guy. I have no shots taken. Uh, anyways, he goes and he stands on the other side of Stephen Colbert. I'm kind of leaned up against this like high, I don't know, high windowsill, I guess I'll call it, that you could see. And there's a window in front of me. You can kind of see the tarmac. And he walks over there. And I happen to look over and Stephen Colbert's on the floor right next to me to my left. And then this guy's on the other side. And I kind of like look over to see who had moved over. And I see that guy. And that guy and I made eye contact. And he just raises his eyebrows, huge grin on his face. And he looks down and he smiles when he looks back up at me. And I'm like, oh, God. And then he starts mouthing Stephen Colbert and pointing at Stephen Colbert. And I look at him and I don't actually say anything. I just nod my head and I go, yeah, great cool like you know um i don't really give a shit like it's just to me it was just a guy sitting there working on his computer that didn't want to be bothered but that guy did want to bother him and so he bent down 
and he starts talking to him. And when he starts talking to Stephen Colbert, Stephen Colbert looks up. And it's like the veil was lifted. It's like that guy that was just sitting on the floor working. Oh, yeah, that's a celebrity. And this swarm of people just came over and I was like, yeah, I'm getting away from this. I don't want to be a part of this. So, like, that's generally how I feel. Like, you know, there's probably a handful of people that if I saw them in public, I would consider at least coming up and and saying something to them. And uh, it turns out that one of those people that I would consider and and kind of want to see and say something to was Jason David Frank. So I, uh, I thought about it the whole flight from Louisville. And I think he, you know, he fell asleep. Like the way he was kind of like curled up in that chair and I wasn't moving around a whole bunch or whatever. Um, you know, I can imagine that being in a, a Comic-Con, especially as like a, a star of like a mid-90s, late-90s show, like Power Rangers was, now that millennials are the people who are out there spending all the money, like I can only imagine how tiring that is. You know, you got to talk to so many people, you got to do so much, you know, whatever. And so I'm sitting there the entire flight and it's not a very long flight. I want to say it was like maybe an hour and a half or so. Um, I'm sitting there the entire time going, when I get off this plane, like, should I say something to him? Should I try and say something to him? Like, you know, when everyone stands up, when we're trying to get off the plane, you know, what, what should I do? Anyways, so we land back in Houston. I'm just feeling incredibly nervous because I'm just like, I really want to say something to him. Like, this person is so important to me. And, you know, to, to kind of go back to when Power Rangers came out and I was in kindergarten, um, Tommy was the fucking badass. I mean, he came in, he gets uh, a magic spell cast on him immediately because he's a superior martial artist to every single Power Ranger. Uh, he becomes the evil Green Ranger. He spends four episodes, or actually probably about four and a half episodes, just absolutely beating the shit out of the Rangers one on one, all five at a time. You know, like it, it was just like, whoa, like this guy is amazing. You know, like, and plus, like, you know, I know my ex wife used to say that adults don't have favorite colors. Um, that's a lie. First of all, second of all, um, my favorite color when I was a little kid was green and, uh, I'm currently sitting in a room that is full of, I don't even know how many plants are in here. Part of the reason all the plants are in here is I just love green. I love looking at green things. So, okay. So I see Jason David Frank and he's getting off that plane and he's only like two or three rows ahead of me. But, you know, people trying to get her off an airplane. It was like Sunday mid-afternoon or maybe it was even evening at that point. People want to go home. Like, it was kind of uh, a little chaotic, even though it was a little plane. And the little planes are actually so small. The express jets are so small that at the airport here in Houston, they wouldn't even go all the way up to the uh, to the jetways. Like, the gate that you went into, like, you'd have to go down the stairs and walk on the tarmac and then you know, go inside and go back up into the airport. And so 
he had pretty like quickly like gotten in front or maybe he was the first seat. I don't remember exactly, but he'd gotten in front of the line and when they opened the door, you know, poof, he was gone. Um, I got off the plane pretty fast and I remember kind of look, looking down, um, you know, the hallway coming inside from the tarmac and maybe I saw him. I don't exactly remember. Um, like I said, this was, this seven years ago. It was November of 2015. Um, but you know, he was, he was pretty far down, if not out of sight at that point. I just go, okay, you know, that's all right. Um, but that's really cool. I got to see him, you know? Um, and so I make my way down and, and I get to, uh, baggage claim and I'm, you know, it's Sunday evening, but it's like early enough before Thanksgiving that there's not a ton of people traveling. Um, and it's like a weird time. And it, I just remember that section like of the, of like the baggage claim area. And this is at a massive airport. Um, it's just, just completely empty. You know, the, the floors in there, it's all this like white, um, you know, like white, like really high gloss floor. I don't want to say it's tile. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you know, it's just like kind of like white and open and bland. Um, and so I get my bag and came out pretty fast. Um, and I think at that point I had, I'd already probably called or texted my, uh, my then wife and, and she was you know going to come down and pick me up she's on her way but it's you know 20 30 minute drive from where we live and um you know so i i'm just like all right well i'm gonna go find some place to sit down um and as i'm walking towards the door to where the uh, the pickup area is there's this line of chairs up against the wall and uh there's only one person sitting over there and it was Jason David Frank, um, sitting all by himself. And I was just, you know, I saw him. I just said, you know what? Like, I didn't say anything to him on the plane. I didn't try and like catch up to him. Like, I don't know, you know, I didn't do anything. I didn't force the issue at all. But I spent probably at that point at least two hours thinking about it. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm just going to go say hi. So I, I start walking across from where the baggage claim, uh, the belt was. And um, as I'm walking up, you know, he probably saw me. Again, there's no one else in there. I don't remember seeing another person that whole time I was in there. You know, he probably saw me from 20, 25 yards away. And I'm like, you know, I don't know, five foot eleven, like kind of skinny, lanky guy. Um, fairly inconspicuous white guy looks, um, and uh, you know, got a roll in a suitcase behind me. You know, he sees me, and people who know me um, would probably tell you that I can be very quiet. Um. I can be very inward with a lot of my emotions. I can, you know, I'm not like super expressive in terms of like, 
you know, yelling, you know, when I'm excited or, you know, whatever. But my, my face, my just movements on my face hide, you know, betray my, my true emotions more often than not. And, um, obviously I couldn't see what I looked like as I was walking over to him, but I would tell you that I was probably grinning, uh, like a Cheshire cat, you know, eyes were probably like, you know, wide open. And I, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing, um, for a, uh, 34, almost 35 year old heterosexual guy to say, like, I saw Jason David Frank and I had butterflies. You know, this was somebody who, <laughs> who just meant so much to me as a kid. Um, and, and before I get into what happened, I, I'll go back to, to Power Rangers for a quick second. You know, part of the other thing that drew me to Tommy was other than the green color and the fact that, you know, he had the coolest suit with like the gold shield and, um, you know, he had the dragon dagger and that, you know, played that cool song on the dragon's sword and all that. Like, like he was just so cool. Um, and then plus Tommy, Jason, Jason, David Frank, um, you know, he had the long hair, you know, uh, after a while it, he, you know, had grown out to a ponytail and, you know, he just looks so cool. Um, so one of the things that I, you know, I really liked and it connected with me is I'm always like, I've always, and I guess this really proves it. I've always been a fan of like really good villains, um, a really good, uh, antagonists. And like I was saying earlier, like Tommy, when he was, you know, brainwashed and evil was the most dangerous person, you know, monster or otherwise that the other Rangers had faced. Like, he took them out, um, nearly destroyed, uh, Zordon and the command center and everything too. Like, you know, um, but you also knew that he couldn't control his actions and, you know, so it was, uh, it was straightforward, but there was some, there was some complexity to it. It wasn't just a straight up, you know, the, the bully at school gets the power and, you know, proceeds to hurt people. Like it was like, whoa, this was a good guy. Like, I don't know anything about him. You know, I want to get to know him. And like, all of a sudden, like, oh no, like this terrible thing happens to him and he's bad. Um, but like that whole arc, the green with evil arc, five episodes, season one of Power Rangers. Um, it's just so compelling. And, you know, the end, like they, you know, they, they turn them back, they break the evil spell and you really feel it. I, you know, and like, you know, I watch it now and it's still like, you know, of course it's like some of it's like cheesy and campy and hokey. And it was back then, but it was also really cool. It was like, you know, this was something that in the lore of the story, like, you know, the, the, the green power coin, the green ninja power coin had, had gone from the other five for uh, 10,000 years or something like that, that Rita held it. And, um, you know, they were finally, you know, all of them were reunited. And so that was cool. But like, they didn't also like, they didn't just make him part of the team immediately. You know, there was strife and discord and there was a rivalry with 
Jason, the Red Ranger, you know, and Tommy, you know, kind of who's the best, who's the strongest, who's the leader. Um, and so it wasn't always like, you know, super easy, right? He was complex. And then he loses his powers and the way it happens is very tragic. You know, but again, like these are all things that I just, I so connected to um, and still do. You know, my um, my son and I like to read the, the Power Rangers comics that have come out in the past few years. Uh, and all of the, the main characters, they're modeled after the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, including Tommy. And you know, that really brings kind of the sense of wonder back to, to it for me. Um, so, but I, uh, I digress. So going back to 2015, I'm walking up to Jason David Frank on this Sunday, late afternoon, early evening. He's all alone. I'm all alone. We're in an empty airport. I've got a huge grin on my face. And I get up to him. And he had kind of been leaning over, sitting down on the chair, just looking at his phone. He, I get close enough and, and he looks up and I stick my hand out and I just said, I just want to tell you, um, or I, actually, I think I said, you know, hey, man, I, I just want to tell you that, you know, thank you for everything. You know, I, I really love your work. That meant a lot to me. Um, I was just a huge fan. And he like, you know, very earnestly looks back at me and he says like, thanks so much. Like that means a lot to me. And, you know, that was it. And I was just like, well, it was like really nice, nice running into you and nice meeting you. And I, and I start turning around. So that's all I wanted. You know, I didn't want to bug him. Like I just, I just wanted him to feel that, you know, for that, like, in like one moment, like he he meant something to me, you know, and maybe I hope that you know, just coming up to him would I, I meant something to him. Um, so I start to turn around, and right away I, I hear him go like, "Hey, like, you want a pic? You know, you want a picture? You want a photo?" And I was like, "I would I would have never asked." Um, I don't really care about stuff like that. But like, this is, you know, this is Tommy. This is like one of my heroes. Like, of course, of course I want a photo. So I turned around and uh, I think one of the things that surprised me, because like when we had been talking initially, um, he'd been sitting down and I, I feel like in my head, I always thought he was like kind of tall and he gets up and yeah, like I said, I'm about five eleven. Um, I probably had two or three inches on it. <laughs> you know, I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but he, uh, you know, he takes my phone. Very uh, well-versed uh, selfie taker. And um, takes my phone and, you know, put our arm around each other. And, and he takes a few photos. One of them, he was going to hold his um, his other hand up, you know, kind of like in a fist, like a, you know, fighting stance a little bit but he was holding like a bag and I want to say it was like, you know, some fast food that he had gotten either at the airport in Kentucky or in Houston. Um, or it was just like some merch or something. I, I don't know what it was, what was in the bag, 
so it's like one of the photos I have of the two of us. He's he's holding up this bag. Um, it's just really funny. Um, anyway, so he takes the photos and he's like, "Hey, like you know, if you post it on social, like here's my tag. Like, can you tag me in it? You know, he's like, you know, I I like to you know share stuff with all my fans and all that and." I was like, yeah, of course, you know, so I, I got that, you know, again, like, I, you know, I said, thanks again and, and goodbye. And I, and I went outside um, to wait for my ride. Pretty soon after that, he came back out um, and we just started chatting, you know, just like, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't six-year-old Sean meeting Tommy, the Green Ranger anymore. It was uh, 27 year old Sean meeting, uh, I guess he was in his early forties then, you know, 42 year old Jason David Frank. We were just chatting like you chat to any stranger that you happen to spend a few minutes with. You know, he's asking me if I lived in Houston. And I said, yeah. And, um, I asked him, he's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what part? He's like Kingwood, you know, and he starts off with small talk and, um, you know, uh, I don't know exactly how it came out. Maybe we were talking mm-hmm. about our family, you know, who's picking you up kind of stuff. And uh, I mentioned my my uh, wife was pregnant. I was going to be a dad. He congratulated me. And, you know, it was just really nice and you know, talked about his, his kids um, and how great it is to be a dad. Um, you know, that was, uh, it was special, you know, keep in mind, like it's this very cliche idea, you know, never, never meet your heroes, right? They won't live up to your expectations. And I think, you know, in my head, and if you look at, if you look at what Jason David Frank looked like, um, you know, he didn't quite look like Tommy anymore. I mean, obviously, if you looked at his face, it was clear that that's who it was. But, you know, he had lots of tattoos. He was, like, ripped, like, really, like, big, like, really muscular. Um, you know, he was kind of dressed, you know. I don't know. I don't want to say it was funny, like, whatever. But, you know, he, like, he didn't look like a guy that, I think I would regularly hang out with, I guess is a fair way to put it. You know, um, But, you know, I was just talking to him and, you know, it just felt like a real person, but a person who I somehow knew, or at least, you know, was so familiar, you know, to me. I was comfortable with and and like this whole 30 minute diatribe probably would tell you I uh I'm a fairly introverted person um I can talk you know I'm an only child I spent 34 plus years talking to myself but um you know I'm fairly introverted and you know it kind of takes a lot for me especially with new people to kind of like really get rolling and with Jason it was fairly easy. You know, we just kind of chatted just like humans. 
and that was really cool like there was no ego to it there's no pretense to it you know it was just you know kind of good vibes and um i just remember feeling like okay you know that was a cool interaction um i think i did say one thing that kind of annoyed him and uh i think i recovered a little bit you know he uh he had been in mixed martial arts for a while. And I think for a while he actually had some professional fights and I don't know why he had tried to antagonize um, CM Punk, who at the time was, I believe either in the UFC or trying to go transition to the UFC from being a professional wrestler. Um, but he had challenged CM Punk to a fight and Punk was just like, you know, dismissing him, dismissing him, dismissing him. And so I asked him, I was like, are you ever going to get to fight CM Punk? And he just looked at me and he was just like, nah, nah. And I was like, that's cool though. You know, like that guy seems like a dick. Uh, spoiler. He was, is a dick. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think I kind of recovered a little there. And anyways, so uh, his ride pulls up and it was his, I believe it was his wife and a, like a white Maserati. You know, we say our goodbyes again. Um, tell him it was nice meeting him have a good night kind of stuff and uh he gets in the car and just as they're kind of starting to pull away uh my uh my wife pulled up and uh i throw my bag in the car and we, we start moving and they were still kind of with an eye shot and i was like you see that car and she's like yeah you know who that was she's like who i was like that was tommy She's like, what are you, Tommy? I was like, from Power Rangers. And she was just like, whoa, you know, like, again, fellow, you know, 90s kid. Um, but yeah, I was just, I was just so happy. And I remember I just like, there are three photos that he took of us. And I just remember like, you know, just kind of staring at them a bunch. And of course, shared them on Instagram and um, sent them to a few of my friends who, you know, used to play Power Rangers with, watch Power Rangers, talk about Power Rangers, that kind of stuff. And that was it, you know. Um, Houston's a big city. I never saw him again. Still haven't gone to any cons. So uh, I followed him on, on social media, you know, kind of kept tabs on a few of them, like a few of the other people that have been on the show as well. And as my son got a little older and he started watching Power Rangers with me, um, we got to experience it. And the, the funny thing about my son, you know, and like I don't ever remember being obsessed with like dragons in the way that like my son is. And so, of course, his connection to the Green Ranger is, is the dragon. It's, you know, his Zord is the dragon Zord, like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so that was, it, it kind of brought us, you know, together in that way, you know, we could kind of connect over it. So jump ahead to a couple of days ago and, you know, I woke up in the morning, kind of had a slow morning getting going and I 
Lynn, you know, I had, it was Sunday morning. I had gone to the office, picked some stuff up to do some work at home. And on the way to the office, which is like a five minute drive, my, one of my friends uh, from preschool, who I still keep up with, uh, sent me a DM on Instagram that, that Jason David Frank had died. And he was 49. Um, and that hurt, you know. Yeah, that really hurt. He, uh, you know, people shouldn't be dying at 49. And, you know, it subsequently came out later that day um, that he had, he had, you know, he'd taken his own life. And there's, you know, other reports that it was, um, he had had a lot of trouble recently. Uh, his marriage had broken up. I think some other things had kind of gone wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, perhaps he was, he was struggling. Um, you know, and in that way, you know, I, I can relate to him. You know, I'm in a, I'm in a really good place now. You know, there was a time all that all, not all that long ago where I was struggling and, you know, I, I can only imagine how difficult that is when, you know, the, the whole world knows you and the whole world, you know, you feel that pressure. And it always seemed like from his interactions with fans, um, on social media and his interaction with me um, and everything I knew that like, you know, I think this is a person who knew that he was loved by a lot of people that, you know, he meant a lot to a lot of people. But I can also imagine how difficult it is to be someone who becomes so tremendously famous so quickly and so young. Um, to kind of have a life where there's nothing after that professionally that could measure up to it. Um, you know, like what, what is that? What is that pressure? Like, what is that, you know, feeling day to day? Like, and this is just me speculating, you know, I, I don't know. And, and maybe no one knows exactly, you know, why, you know, he felt the need to, to leave us. Um, but for him, I'm sure it, it felt unbearable, you know, um, you know, and, and, and that is just so incredibly sad because everything I've seen since then you know, I shared a post about him and, you know, some of my friends shared posts about him. I saw people all over the internet commenting on him, tweeting about him, sharing photos of him, his, his castmates, people that work with him, you know, um, and it just really sucks. You know, I'm not someone who 
believes in the afterlife necessarily. Uh, I'm pretty much an atheist. I say, you know, I like to say that like 99.9% of the way to being an atheist, the 0.1% is I might believe in ghosts. Um, but, uh, you know, in the off chance that there is, you know, something after this. And even if there's not, I, I hope that, you know, he was able to find peace and, um, I know for a lot of people that can be a really hard thing to find and sometimes an impossible thing to find. You know, so that's, that's my hope for him and for everyone he left behind. You know, I, I hope they can find peace and I hope that they can find, um, strength in, you know, the community of people all over the world who, who so clearly cared for him. Um, you know, but it's, it's been a hard few days. And like I said at the beginning with Kevin Conroy dying last week, like that, you know, that was hard as well. Like, you know, um, these are people who, you know, maybe, maybe they don't mean a lot to most of you. Maybe they do. I don't know. But for me, you know, the two of them, and then trying to think of other people who would kind of reach that level for me. And I don't know, Mark Hamill, you know, um, Luke Skywalker, the Joker, <laughs> Kevin Conroy's Joker. Um, probably a handful of other people who, you know, I've watched them musicians I've listened to who I've followed since, you know, I can remember who really means something to me, but you know, it's interesting because power Rangers, just like Batman, particularly Batman, the animated series, but Batman generally, um, star Wars, you know, for me, those were more things than just entertainment. You know, they were an escape. They were a peaceful place. And I grew up in a happy household, or at least, you know, my parents, you know, gave me all their love. Um, you know, give each other their love, that's an aside. Um, but, you know, I was loved. I was taken care of. I had clothes to wear. I had a warm bed. Um, you know, but when things would be hard, you know, I'd escape into Star Wars. You know, when I needed consistency every day after school, Power Rangers, bam, four o'clock, Batman, 4.30, bam. Like, you know, these were things in my life that gave me stability and consistency and safety. And, um, just meant the world to me. So I haven't watched any, you know, any of uh, 
the old Power Rangers episode since Jason died. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things I'll probably do soon. Um, and uh, I guess this being binge-worthy, I might even try and bring Power Rangers at some point uh, in the near future. But it, it just meant a lot to me. And it still does. And it's still an escape. You know, I don't say what you will. Uh, uh, I've got some arrested development going on, but like if I'm sitting alone by myself at night, sometimes I'll put on Power Rangers. I'll put on Batman. Uh, I've watched Star Wars so many times, all of it, shows, the movies, all of it so many times, like, you know, and it's an escape. And it's safety, and it's consistency, and it's stability, and it's fun. Um, you know, and in that way, like people like Jason David Frank, you know, they were my heroes. So uh, that's all I really got to say about that. Um, I'll wrap up. But if this is ever listened to by anyone, even if it's just you, Matt, going, what the fuck? Sean logged into my account. What the fuck? He recorded a podcast. What the fuck? It's a really long, sad one about Jason David Frank. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. Sorry, I blanked out there for a second. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. So thanks for listening. Go watch some Power Rangers. You know, go explode some monsters, knock down some buildings, and uh, may the power protect you. <laughs>